Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, the chap-fallen Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? First of all, you know, when we count off before we start and you don't say go, it throws me off, right? So there's that. And... So, and then you throw out these words that I'm sure you're just making up. Yeah. And, and so you ask me how I'm doing. I'm, a, I'm starting off a little, a little cranky. I'll tell you a little, a little cranky, cranky. Little, little cranky. Maybe I'm a little that's, chap fallen. I don't know. That's, that's it's, it's, it's close. It's close to chap fallen. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe not so cranky. Okay. It's less, it's less annoyed and more sad. Okay. All right. It's. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh yeah, it's 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 like, you know, being discouraged, dispirited, disappointed, one might say. I see. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny because mm-hmm. I Googled it while you were chatting and I see. So dictionary dot com mentions that. Yes. Discouraged, dispirited. Mm-hmm. Miriam Webster, which is you know really the standard we should be holding ourselves to, says. Right. Uh, with one's lower jaw hanging due to extreme exhaustion or dejection. <laughs> and Oh, that's how you look all the time, man. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm chat fallen all the time. I'm completely exhausted, always dejected. My mouth is hanging loosely down, you know, around my, on, off of my chest. So yeah, chat fallen Matthew. There you go. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. But you know, now here we are about to drink some cocktails, theoretically. And, uh, you know, the um, I, things are things are looking up. I mean, we, we can talk about why you might be chapfallen and maybe you'll feel better. Okay. I think okay. that, a little therapy session, you know, throughout today, starting <laughs> sure. with uh, some, some liquid therapy, maybe? Liquid therapy, that's exactly right. That, well, that's all I was really going to go for. I would figure what we would do is we'd drink and then yell at each other. I'm, I'm, I'm game for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like always. Oh, yeah, like good, exactly. That's what my Wednesday nights have been now lately. In fact, last week, my wife said, you were a little loud. I could hear you yelling through the closet. And I was like, oh, sorry. You were sorry. a little loud? Yeah. What? Oh. I think my whole family just expects me to be loud. It's just known. Well, to be fair, you are you are the louder one, generally. That's, that is true. That is true. I, and I, I'm proud of it. Proud of it. Um, well, anyway, I have a question for you, Matthew. Okay. Um, uh, let, uh, I, I, I don't have a question. I do actually, no, I do have a question for you. So, so I, as you and I know, we, we talked about this on the show, we record our podcasts in our closets. Yes. Right. And, um, and I recently reorganized my closet cause I'm, I'm like, I'm taking it to the next level as they would say. I'm not moving out of my closet. I'm still going to be recording like a schlub in my closet. But but as I was doing that, I had to rearrange a lot of my clothing and I was kind of like going through a lot of this stuff. And um, and I, I I have a question for you about clothing. And, and no, it's not tidy whities versus boxers. It's do you how do you feel about Hawaiian shirts? Do you, are you a Hawaiian shirt guy or are you like absolutely not a Hawaiian shirt guy? That's like that's for 60 year olds. I hate you. You ask this question because you know who's listening. <laughs> and, and, um, and well, maybe and, you'll get something different for Christmas next year, Matthew. <laughs> well, I finally had to tell her that, um, mm-hmm. uh, and hi, mom. You know uh, that enough Hawaiian shirts. So there's only so many Hawaiian shirts a man can have mm-hmm. when you don't live in Hawaii. And and so yeah, I'm looking in my closet right now. I've got one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine Hawaiian shirts. Uh, and that's just just whipping through them quickly. There's probably a couple hidden back there. Um, nine? I don't wear them, if at all. 
So occasionally, wow. if there's like a you know a, a fun night out, or maybe maybe it's a, a a themed party, I might you know throw on a Hawaiian shirt. My kids had Hawaiian Day for um, their high school and one of their school days, and so they all wore uh, Hawaiian shirts that day. And so it gets used, but no, I'm not really a Hawaiian guy. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> I, 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 so it's, it is interesting though, because I, I do wear the Hawaiian shirts. I, I wear, I, you know, I travel to Hawaii as listeners to this show know uh, often. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I actually, I like them. I can carry them off. I, I sometimes wear them, you know, um, for work. I don't go to work anymore, but I will wear them, you know, when I'm on my zoom meetings. Right? All right. That's your you dress know, up clothes. I, I, well, yeah, I sit, I just sit on the zoom meetings in my boxers and in my Hawaiian shirt. As one does. Yeah. But but that being said, I only have six. So, wow. you know, yeah. You must have put down your foot yeah. with mom before I did. Maybe. Uh... Uh, I, I've been getting a lot of sweaters, a lot of pullovers. It's always yeah. like a brown or a red pullover. Yeah. I'm I have like six or of those. Blue or uh, yeah. beige. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny yeah. because blue is like my favorite color. <laughs> anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, January 18th, as we record this podcast. The Giants actually did do something this past week. They signed an international player on International Signing Day. The international window for the, the window for signing international players opened up. It's a narrow window. So you really got to get in there quick. <laughs> uh, it's only 11 months long, this window. Uh, but the Giants signed a, a pretty a pretty high highly rated uh, very young prospect. He'll make the majors when everybody listening to this show is dead. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so that happened. Uh, and um, I I don't know. Did we sign any more guys to a um, a one year contract with a one year player option, Matthew? Uh, not this week, to my knowledge. I I, okay. I think you know we. We we maybe uh, there was there we're running out of guys to sign to those type of contracts. Running out of guys to sign. To, oh, I see, I see. Um, we did so sign we're done, a bunch of arbitration contracts. That, oh, that is important. That yeah. is important. So there a lot, a lot. Of, we actually uh-huh. settled. So there was. Uh, uh, we didn't have to take anyone to arbitration this year. The Giants signed all of their arbitration eligible players before they had to yeah. uh, to do that. So there seems to be there seems to be like a, a it seems to be like a you, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to actually go to the arbitrator. Well, no. Can, like, can you imagine, like, get the deal can done. you imagine going with your boss to like some arbiter, and you both want, you know, you want to raise, and your boss doesn't want to, and then you get to listen for like two or three hours of why your boss thinks you shouldn't get a raise, <laughs> and then, and then at the end, whatever money they decide on, you got to go back and hang out with your boss. Like that's just um, that would be a little awkward, that's, I think. You know? That's true. I guess that is a good point. Um, Nobody that, wants that is to what do the that. Teams, Nobody wants. That to is do what that. the teams have to do. That is what the teams have to do to win their side of the arbitration is they have to tell everybody why this player is not good. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. That is a big incentive, I think. Totally. Uh, Fair point. Okay. Good point. Good point. Well, you know, we're going to talk about some of those things, I think. I don't know that we had planned on talking about the arbitration. We didn't. But we can. We can. We're we're, we're flexible that way. You know, yeah. And there's not much left to talk about anyway. No. Not no, well, especially in the off season. We're kind of in the dead zone of of the off season now, uh, which is why right. this would be a great moment for a trivia question. Ah, uh, there's plenty of baseball history to always discuss. Exactly. Yes. We may not know yes. about the present or the future, but we can always talk about the past. So my yeah. my question, my trivia question this week is: Who was the last Giants player to win the All Star Game MVP award? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, the, those fans that have been around, you know, for the last decade would know, you know, probably yeah, who this, this is. Uh, but uh, but still, it's an interesting question, uh, and yeah, we'll get into the answer at the end, and maybe we'll expand on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was also during a very interesting time. It's a very good question. Very good question. Uh, I also saw the answer in our show notes. <laughs> But I did know the answer. Like, I didn't know that. I saw the answer before I saw the question because, you know, we were scrolling through the thing. Right, right. And, and I was like, oh, I wonder what the question is. And uh, and I thought that, that I thought that might be the question because yeah. that is a good one. That is a good one. That was very exciting. Usually the Giants suck in the All-Star game. So this is a good 
this is a good question. Like yeah. like Jock yeah. in the last All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. I mean, you know, this player that who will reveal at the end is uh, not the only San Francisco Giant that has won uh the All-Star MVP award. Uh, oh. but uh but the the latest. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. All right. Well, you know, the other good thing that about uh, our show is that we don't just talk about baseball. We also talk about cocktails. Bob, do the thing. What are you drinking, Matthew? Bob, uh, this week I was trying to decide what to drink. And, and you know, I test two or three cocktails every week to try and decide which one I want to bring to to the the show and i've been focusing on winter cocktails as we established uh, i think a couple episodes that it's still winter and and so i've been trying to focus on that but then you know ben has been into the tiki stuff and has been really kind of driving that but then i was also thinking that would be fun but you can't have two like rum cocktails you know we, you know i should provide the balance to ben's tiki uh obsession shall I say? And and so I'm compromising this week. I am bringing a cocktail called the Iron Ranger. And it was made by a bartender named Eric Castro. Uh, he has a podcast called uh, Bartender at Large. He's uh, been the head bartender at a couple of really great uh, bars, uh, most lately in last one in San Diego. Uh, and, uh, you know, has some really great cocktails on his website. And this one's called the Iron Ranger. It is a bourbon based tiki drink and uh oh you look like that's not tiki that's not (laughs) well you're technically it's not uh but as eric castro said you know the pineapple and bourbon play really well together and and why not go down the tiki you know way with with bourbon and so that's what i'm doing today so uh, this one has Two ounces of bourbon, and it has to be a really high proof bourbon, like at least a hundred proof, because you need that to counteract the sweetness that's also in this uh, cocktail. Uh, now we're getting to tiki. Yes, yeah. yes. So there's a little oomph in this drink already, uh, and it's got three quarter ounces of lemon juice, an ounce of pineapple juice, half an ounce of velvet falernum, five ounces of simple syrup. I'm sorry, half an ounce. A simple syrup and half an ounce of falernum. I'm not sure if I said five ounces. I'm reading my notes as if they don't say the 0.5. Uh, half an ounce uh, uh, of falernum, half an ounce of simple syrup, and two dashes of Angostura bitters. And you put all that into a cocktail shaker filled with crushed ice. And you shake it, you know, maybe five to eight seconds just to kind of get it cold. And then you dump it all into a large glass, a tiki glass if you've got it. And garnish it with a mint sprig. And it's a lovely, you know, sweet but potent uh, bourbon tiki drink. The Iron Ranger. And that's what I'm drinking tonight. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, Bob. It's a tasty cocktail. And I will say, don't forget the mint at the end because you stick your nose in there and you're drinking. And don't even go with the straw. Just stick your face in there and drink. And the, the mint hits you while you're drinking the drink. And it's it's a lovely experience. Sticking your face into things is always a lovely experience. Oh, my God. I almost spit my drink out. Okay. All right. This is a family show, man. A family oh, show that drinks about that talks about cocktails. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, you know, I like to stick my face into an oven where there's a pie baking. I mean, you got to open it and you got to let the all that the, the steam come out mm. first, folks. Don't just stick your face right into that hot oven, okay? Uh, then let, yeah, warm Safety apple first. pie. That's, that's right. That's right. Safety first. You know, uh, a, a bushel of roses. I mean, there's lots of things you can stick your face into, Matthew. All right, Bob, save us, save us. <laughs> What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I, Bob, and Matthew, am drinking a real tiki cocktail. I think you're drinking the classic, right? I mean, this is... Is the perennial, the definitive, the classic tiki cocktail. Today, I am having a Mai Tai. And, uh, you know, I've been avoiding it. I have been avoiding it intentionally because I classically do not like Mai Tais. I don't know why. I don't. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like there's just something about how they're. I don't know. It's it's the flavor profile. I don't. It's it just something about all those things together has never really been. Well, I don't want to say it's turned me off, right? It just hasn't just hasn't turned me on, you know. It's like one of those ones that I appreciate it, but I don't love it. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so I've been kind so, of avoiding it. The way to bring it to the show, Ben. I'm glad you're so excited mm-hmm, about the mai tai. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the great thing about making your own cocktails, Matthew? You get to make them how you like them. That's right. That's right. And I actually really enjoy this mai tai um, because I I got to build it from the ground up. And I have been experimenting, as we all know. I mean, we all went through that dark planter's punch period. You know, I mean... <laughs> It was it was rough for all of us folks, but no more so than than me. Um, um, none more so than for me. Um, but but as we know, I've been exploring all these different rums, and and I mean that is largely what tiki is about is is as all of these different rums and blending them together and blending the, the flavors of those things together and creating wonderful cocktails from them. Um, uh, and. Uh, and, and that's what I, I got to do today is I got to take a bunch of the rums that I really, really enjoy. Uh, I took uh, my white aged Probitas uh, rum and my Demerara rum, which are two of my favorites. And then I got to take my um, high ABV uh, plantation rum, which is not quite a 151 rum, but it's a it's 69 percent alcohol. So it is what, 138. Is that right? Do the math yes. on that for me, Matthew. One thirty. Uh, yeah. So, so the and, and I think the classic flavors in here are actually a curacao, and and of course the ogre eat syrup. Sorry, orgeat syrup, as the um, you know, the fuddy duddies call it. So anyway, what is in my cocktail? Oh, I gotta pull this up because this is a doozy, folks. Um, you know, maybe you want to you want to you want to rewind a little bit and listen to this maybe twice to get all these ingredients. Right. And could you not forget an ingredient this week like you did last week? And last week you did a blueberry motico, and then you forgot to mention the blueberry liqueur. Like there was, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mentioned it multiple times. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I it's in the name, Matthew. It's in the name. You would Blueberry think that you Motico. would have mentioned it. Exactly. And then when I went to go write the recipe for our uh, Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter pages, there was no blueberry. And I didn't right. notice that until after I'd already published. So if you go to that recipe, guys, um, it's wrong. So add some blueberry <laughs> liqueur to that. I think it was about a half an ounce at most uh, of blueberry, a blueberry liqueur. My apologies. My apologies. This time I will not miss a... Uh, an ingredient because I'm actually going to read it from the list in front of me. Lesson learned. Uh, so what's in what's in Ben's Mai Tai? One ounce of aged Jamaican white rum, one ounce of Demerara rum, uh, and then half an ounce of a high proof rum. I'm going to put on here just 151 because it's just easier to remember that. Um, but you can use any high proof rum that you like. Three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. Those people who really, really like their cocktail sour would probably go with an ounce. Uh, And then we have half an ounce of orgeat syrup. That's half an ounce, not five ounces. (laughs) And then we have half an ounce of curacao. Matthew, what's the difference between curacao and triple sec? Uh, Branding? (laughs) Yeah, mostly. Mostly. (laughs) Not really. Not really. I think it's it's much more complicated, but less complicated than that. It's kind of a blurred line, but you know what? I don't care. Use what you got. Grand Marnier is probably is 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 a prototypical uh, curacao, but if you want to use Cointreau or something that might be considered a triple sec, I'm okay with that. You do you. Uh, in this case, I'm actually using a, a curacao, uh, and then I added a quarter ounce of simple syrup just to. Um, just to mute some of the um, sharper flavors in this cocktail, the the lime juice and and that high proof um, that high proof uh, rum are, are really what I was trying to round out there, and and this particular comment combination, it was really going with the demerara rum, I think, and the simple syrup at the end is really what made this a little bit more Ben friendly, and we all know that I'm a wimp and I like sweet cocktails, and so this is it's not I wouldn't call this a sweet cocktail. But it takes away some of those sharper edges of the Mai Tai. 
and uh, and makes it much more of a a cocktail that I could sit by the pool and have six or seven, pass out and wake up with a raging, raging sunburn. So here's to you. Ben's Mai Tai. All right. Well, welcome to the, the Mai Tai. And I'm glad that you... You know, you definitely made it your own. You you added your favorite rums and give it a little kick at the end with the 151 or the high proof rum. Uh, yeah, that's one of the great things about making your own cocktails. You can kind of play around with uh, classic recipes, and you know, I, I you, you go on message boards like Reddit cocktails things or things, and you see people kind of with their you know their their recipes that they present, and there's always people that kind of have riffs on that and ideas, and everybody's got their own their own flavor, and and that's what makes you know cocktail making at home so much fun. You get to just make it the way you like it. So. Agreed. Which kind of like how Farhan Zaidi is trying to make our roster the way he likes it. Oh, yeah? Is that cheap and bad at defense, Matthew? <laughs> yes, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, with high upside players that, you know, had a few good seasons a couple years ago and we're banking on them getting back to form. Yes, I think that's how, how he likes it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So you're saying he likes he's kind of like a bad gin kind of guy. Bottom shelf gin kind of guy. Definitely bottom shelf. Yeah. Yeah, definitely bottom shelf. Real sharp. A lot of, lot of just real strong in certain areas. No sort of polish. Yeah, and, you know, and then his favorite, fa- second favorite spirit, I think, is just vodka. <laughs> and you know, because it's just you know, it's cheap, and you know, one bottle could be replaced by another. And that's true. That is true. That is true. Really, all you care about in your vodkas is how many times they've been distilled, which is kind of like all you care about in your outfielders. <laughs> is like, you know, you know, how many surgeries they've had. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, the more surgeries, the cheaper they are, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh yeah, and so well, so I guess that brings uh, Matthew, uh, some things did happen as we talked about at the top of the show. Some things did happen this week, but but really, I mean, we've we've kind of hit on this uh the past couple of weeks. This is like the deepest darkest part of winter. Right. There's just not a lot going on. And and for better or for worse, part of that is because the frenzy of the free agent signings is is over. And and yes, there's there's still a few pieces that could be added here and there. There's, you know, all kinds of like there's still a few guys out there looking for jobs. There There's some teams that, that really should probably start working on their roster like the Rockies, you know, the Rockies should probably start doing something. <laughs> Poor Rockies. So I, I, I just, I just want to go on a, I just want to go on a slight tangent here. I know it was a brutal off season for us. It really was. And, and honestly, I, you know, I am a little worried that we might not be better than the Diamondbacks. But the one thing I do know is that now and forever, we are better than the Rockies. My goodness. I don't even know what it's lo- what it must be like to be a Rockies fan. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's if you if you subscribe to the Athletic, uh which you should if you're a baseball fan by the way, it's money well spent. Uh uh they they did this little National League West writers roundup where they asked some questions around how their offseason went and how you know did they meet their needs and all that and you know that Baggerly and for the Giants was like you know they had a disappointing offseason but they also they but they still spent money on some key free agents and possibly made their team better and but it's not as exciting you know the stuff that we all know the the Rockies writer was just talking about I think his existential crisis that he was having and 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 you you could read that and just know that this guy might not make it the entire baseball season. Like I I felt bad for him. <laughs> I think I think the other writers all are writing for better baseball teams, but he is is learning how to be a better writer. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, it it's like it it was Kafkaesque, right? What he was writing versus what all the other guys were saying. It was it was like he was like answering different kinds of questions. But anyway, you know, this isn't a Rockies podcast. No. So 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 here we are. 
as you said, Farhan likes to do what he likes to do. And, and but does that mean, Matthew, that the roster that we have today, the roster that you and I have broken down for the last couple of weeks, are we done? Is this it? Pretty much. And, yeah. And are all of the holes filled? No. And I know they're not filled, folks. I know the void is so large it can never be filled. Right? Like, I get it. I get it. I'm there with you. And certainly we all know that Farhan Zaidi is never going to fill it. Right? We just, we know that. But theoretically, hypothetically, from the outside looking in, have the Giants done everything that they need to? Well, I think they've done everything they're going to. Uh, I don't know if they've done <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. they need to. Uh, uh, I, but then, yes, so there are a couple question marks. I think they're outfield, solid. We're not seeing another outfielder. We may not even see Elliot Ramos, right? I mean, there's, I mean, he's, we Matthew, don't. Matthew, we, we're not, we're not. We're, we're not, not seeing Elliot see, Ramos. We're I know. not going to see Elliot Ramos. We're not seeing anyone that's that's uh, that's going to start in the minor leagues. I mean, unless someone gets injured, right? I mean, that's that's the only time that we could see Elliot uh, come up. But uh, so the outfield's done. We're good there. Uh, the infield uh, is pretty done, except for the fact that we don't. And we mentioned this last week. We don't have, or maybe it's two weeks ago. We don't have. Uh, a solid backup middle infielder, and Farhan Zaidi was was interviewed this week about that, and he acknowledged that that is an area that they would like to improve in. But in the same breath, he comes out and says, "But we really like the guys that we have now." And I kind of thought back to my my fantasy football playing days, you know, when I was, the, you know, drafting teams and, you know, you fall in love with the guys that you draft and you really like them and your team is sitting at like, you know, 500 and you're like a week or two before the trade deadline. And you're like, I know I should make a move, but I don't want to give up any of the guys that I have, even though they're only scoring like five points a game for you. And I feel like that's Farhan right now. I feel like he's in love with his mediocre guys and and doesn't want to give up anyone to make the overall team better. And 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 it just goes to show that he doesn't really value defense because he's sitting here talking about how yes we need one but we really like our guys and and I get it you're gonna have to give up someone like J D Davis uh, or uh, well really J D Davis because you just signed Flores to an extension uh, David Vr you know is probably your future uh, so J D Davis is probably the the odd man out if you're gonna make a change and he's got value maybe you could trade him but. It, you get the feeling that he doesn't want to. And so I don't know. I don't know. I, it feels like we're done. Like, I feel like he's like, okay, with just writing this out. And I mean, we've got what Isan Diaz and AAA that could, could get called up in an emergency. But I, I mean, uh, Brandon Crawford's going to, going to start 162 games at shortstop next year, Ben. No, he's not. <laughs> Cause he's going to get hurt. Um, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is that J.D. Davis is going to play a lot of backup shortstop and second base, and Farhan Zaidi is okay with that. Yeah, well, I think more likely is that Estrada is going to play shortstop, and then Flores will play second base, uh, and and which which you know we don't shift anymore. So having someone like Flores at second base is is a huge liability. But but Farhan uh. doesn't care about defense, Ben. He wants the I offense. No, he doesn't. So, and he's going to bring Kyle Harrison into that at some point. Yeah. God, the man's insane. The man's insane. Uh, this, you know. Okay. Ah, uh, wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like. Dude, we have this in the but, notes. You knew we were going to talk about this, and you're speechless. I I've been talking to my therapist about this. It's like I gotta breathe through it. I gotta. <sighs> I'm glad you're talking about the Giants with your therapist. That's uh, that's yeah. important. <laughs> well, it's like you gotta you gotta talk about the things that really matter, Matthew. The things that are that are providing you the most stress in your life, <laughs> right? Okay. Yep. Okay. 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 All right. <sighs> okay. Uh, um. Uh, yes. Wow. 
I mean, you know, okay, so here's my thinking. Like, I, I, I think you're right. I think Eddie is too in love with these guys, but I don't think he's in love with the guys. I think he's in love with the bargain that they represent. Like, he's like, yeah, but it's such a smart move. You know, it's so cheap and so good. And like, it's like, it's like you found, you know, you, you, when you're thrifting, right, you're at all the thrift stores and you find this wonderful pair of vintage jeans that you just love, but man, no matter how much you love them, isn't going to make that tear in the crotch go away. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's every time you bend over, everybody's going to see what what you don't want to show and 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 that's what i remember about the giants defense that's what it was like watching the giants play defense last year was like watching somebody bend over and me seeing a whole bunch of stuff i don't want to see that's how good the giants defense was last year and uh, and it just sounds like we're voluntarily walking into this yes we need a backup middle infielder and uh, and I agree that J.D. Davis, he's the odd man out. And if he's got value, yeah, obviously they're going to trade him or they, they, they would need to trade him. But they're not going to get back what they need for him. They're, they're definitely going to get jobbed on that trade. We all know that. Well, they're going to so trade that's for why... him for a guy that they can DFA in like two or three weeks. That's right. That's right. Oh, Maurizio. <laughs> um, wow. Wouldn't it be nice to have Maurizio Dubon right now? It would. It would. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh well, okay. So yes, we need a middle infield a backup middle infielder. We don't have one. Um the uh, okay. Fine. I you're right. I knew that we were going to talk about it. I I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. You and I there's but there's one other position, Matthew, that 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 I think the I've been reading a lot about the pundits and the pundits are not satisfied. The Giants are the, are not satisfied with this. I'm a little skeptical about it. Which is? How do you feel about the kid whose first name we always forget, Sable? Good old Blake. It's Blake. Blake. That's right. Blake Sable. How do you feel about Blake Sable being our backup catcher to our starting catcher? Joey Bart, the same Joey Bart, whose career we thought with the Giants was over halfway through last season, is now our definitive, absolute starting catcher. And Blake Sable, the converted outfielder, rule five draftee, is his backup. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, (laughs) Not ideal. Uh, the oh, guy has dam- caught. That's a damning statement. From yeah. You. Well, the guy has caught ninety games total in his career. Is that counting little league? Uh, just it in probably the minors. Is. Probably is because oh. he was an outfielder. I think before before they converted him to to catcher. So, so uh, since he was in the since he was in little league, he's caught ninety games yes, as catcher. Yes. Yes. And 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 you know Farhan said yesterday that uh, they like him a lot. And that he's someone that has been working really hard at his catcher's defense and that he's already been reaching out to pitchers and working out with them. And uh, and so, you know, that just means he's going to be a naturally good catcher, Ben. And and he also said that this is the time where they need to give the younger guys a shot. And uh, and so. Yeah, let's give the Rule 5 guy that's caught 90 games total, who has a great on-base percentage in the minors, I might add, uh, a chance. You know, you know, Austin wins, can go pound sand. And uh, we'll have Joey Bart and Blake Sable as our catchers going into a season where, you know, maybe we want to be competitive. Do we? Do we want to be competitive? It doesn't feel like it. No. I mean, I, I 500, right? Right. 500 is competitive. Right. Right. Um, we'll be in it until the last week of the season. Ben. That You know, that, that whole, that, oh, that trying hard thing. That really sounds like what they talked about last year about how they're going to make the defense better. Yes. You know, Jock Peterson. Was going to try Darren harder. Ruff, yeah. He was going to try harder. <laughs> yeah. Darren Ruff was going to, was going to run his slow little body faster. <laughs> Oh my gosh, speaking of Darren Ruff, I like Darren Ruff, but man, after Correa signed with the Twins, 
Mets Nation went into total meltdown because Darren Ruff is still on their 40-man. And he is their starting third baseman now because that was going to be Correa. Wait, and Darren Ruff plays third base? That's that's what – I mean, that's, that's what I think Mets Nation th- is written down on paper is going to happen. Correa was going to be their third baseman. Right. And he's not. He's he's signed with the Twins. I don't know if you know that. I did know that, but I'm still shocked at like Darren Ruff playing third base. That has me uh, a little confused. I didn't know he had that in him. I don't think he does, and I think that's why Mets Nation <laughs> is worried. But remember, this is the guy that was going to try harder, was really going to apply himself, and that's how the Giants' defense was going to get better. Uh, this is amazing to me. This is amazing to me. I mean, it, it, what it proves to me is is that that Zaidi just has this mindset, and that that this is how he thinks things work. Like you know, this is really annoying to me, Matthew. This is really annoying to me because this is like this is like what everybody thinks about people with you know ivory tower educations. You know, you and I, we were we we both we both went to the Ivy Leagues. You know, we know what it's really like. Yeah, but and you and not- I were like we're like. We kind of snuck in under the radar. Oh, what you're saying is is that we what we have street smarts and we're just barely smart enough to get into the ice. Yes, that's what I, <laughs> I, I won't speak for you, but that was definitely me, man. I spent my entire four years there hoping somebody wouldn't figure that out. So you, you know, know, that's. Uh, I mean, that, this that's is how just I felt. this is just stereotypical, like number cruncher. Like, does Varhan Zaidi even watch baseball? Like. <laughs> You know, like, I don't, this is just, I can't, I don't know. (laughs) Have a drink, Ben. Have a drink. (laughs) Oh, man. I I almost hate Sable and J.D. Davis. Calm down, Ben. Thank you, Bob. I'm trying. Bob's here for us, man. Bob's here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. All right, well. Let me, let's let's talk about another position that make you feel a little bit better. Okay. First Please. base. <sighs> Who is Defense. our first baseman? Oh my god, I don't know who our first baseman is. <laughs> it's No, no, no. I I know I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Okay. It's late it's late night Lamont, of course. Late night Lamont who if you recall, prior to 2021, hadn't played first base since college. And then they threw him in there when Belt went on the DL, as he does. Or IL, I should say. <laughs> and and uh, and they ended up having a very good year at first base last year. Uh, that year. Uh, yeah. Last year was a down year for Lamont. Uh, started off uh, with a knee problem and then never really kind of bounced back from, from that injury. And I think they're putting a lot of a lot of eggs in that basket in the first base basket uh, with Lamont Wade there. Would, is this something that makes you feel confident? No, but I, I so I hmm okay. Well, so here's what I think. I think we're gonna see a lot of people at first base, and I get it. I get it. L- Lamont is a left-handed batter, so. You know, there's a lot more right-handed pitchers. He's going to get most of the plate appearances at first base. I, I understand that. I think it's going to be a committee at first base. I'm less concerned about it, though, because I also know that first base, even though like we, we, we are used to seeing Brandon Pelt play first base, and Brandon Pelt is a very good defensive first baseman, I also know that first base is a less important defensive position than the other positions. Right. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, right? I, I'm not saying that you don't. You, you obviously picking picking bad throws, right? And and um, you know, I think also occasionally making really tough throws uh, to second base from first base are 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 definitely things that a first baseman needs to be able to do. And Brandon Belt was was really good at both of those things. Yep. Um, but that being said, I, I do think that is one of the positions where you can give a little bit up of, of defense up. And I don't really I don't I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers and 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 even just thinking about anecdotal evidence. I, I don't remember that Lamont Wade was a horrible first baseman defensively. What worries me about Lamont, what worries me about Lamont is 
Are we going to see the Lamont Wade that we saw in 2021 at the plate? Or are we going to see the Lamont Wade that we saw in 2022 at the plate? And I know he had a major knee injury that was really, really bothering him for a long time. To the point where even when he was recovered, allegedly, they left him in the minors because they were really concerned about it not being fully healed. Hmm. Um. So that's what concerns me about him. I'm not really worried about his defense at first base so much as I am worried about him being the same guy that we saw in 2021. Clearly, Farhan Zaidi is banking on the fact that he's going to be the same guy. And and if he's healthy, then, then maybe he will be. And we all know that the San Francisco Giants medical staff is crack. I mean, they... <laughs> they I don't... I, I, Sorry. Is that anyway, a good thing or a bad thing? I, I meant it as a good thing, okay. but I was thinking like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your metaphors uh, got me there a yeah, little bit. Yeah, my metaphor, yeah, no. But anyway, we all know that they are a, uh, uh, maybe what I meant was Cracker Jack. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, as they used to say in the 40s. <laughs> you know, you're like <laughs> I wasn't even alive but... <laughs> in the 40s. You just made me drink all that, all that uh, Mai Tai. Yeah, that 151. I was, I was losing it. I was losing it during that second base, you know, adventure. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm worried. I'm worried about. I'm worried about Lamont Wade at the plate more than I am worried about him anywhere else. Totally. Um, totally. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, like, and if he doesn't and, hit the way he hit, like in 2021, uh, that's a gaping hole. In, we in, in trouble. Lineup. We in major trouble. So we okay. Look, look, folks. Our season relying. Our season is relying on what Lamont Wade Jr. hitting. Is what you're saying, uh, and and JD Davis playing second base. <laughs> well, JD Davis is going to be the right-handed option at first base, and, right? And so that I like. That I like. I like that. And and like DH that. right, and yeah. that kind of stuff. So and and he's and a little he's third a, base too. Well, and yeah. He's a decent backup third baseman. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I I'm with Zaidi on this. I like JD Davis too, but he don't fit, bro. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you want to give VR a chance, right? And uh, uh, the only other option that I can see, and this, this, I am not advocating for this, and I don't necessarily see it, but VR has options. <laughs> and we've seen before how the Giants treat guys that have options. Yeah, Whether they yeah, deserve they get the it or not, effect. they get sent down to Sac. They they get a one way ticket to Sacramento. Actually, sometimes a round trip, like multiple round trip tickets yeah, to Sacramento. Uh, and and then, you know, the Giants do what they want to do. And so no matter what, you know, I keep saying Zaidi has said this. Zaidi has said that. But we've, we've already gone down this road. Zaidi says a lot of things that don't happen. And so the man's a liar. He is a liar. A bald faced liar. He is. Yeah. And I don't know why we keep taking him at his words. So who knows what's going to happen. But what's this, uh, what's this we? <laughs> okay, I. I keep thinking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about that. So the infield's a mess, and the you know, spring training hopefully will figure it out. Uh, we should well, move on. I mean, so well, I mean, I just I do want to finish up. Okay. We we got some holes, right? At catcher, we do we did sign Austin Wins to a minor league contract. So if push comes to shove, Sable's not working out. They have to move him. They send him back to Pittsburgh. I don't know wherever he came from. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They send him back to Cincinnati. Aust- they, that frees up spoof space on the 40-man roster and the major league roster. And Austin wins, slides right into that. Fine. Yes. But everywhere else, it's minor league signings. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 guys signing guys on minor league deals and seeing if they have great springs. And then, then you see what happens. But, uh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, yeah. who knows? We're also we're also thinking that everyone's going to get through spring training totally healthy, and that they're all going to start the season. And you know we know that's not going yeah. to be the case. So that's right because Matthew is the San Francisco Giants roster ever going to be fully healthy? No, not in our that's lifetimes. Right. You've learned good. I'm proud of you. Breakthrough. <laughs> Breakthrough. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Somebody will always be hurt. Somebody, and You're so right. you know that's that's where that will all take care of itself. All right. We'll uh, we'll 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 nice, figure nice. that but out. But you were about to segue us. You were I was because you know, we're running way behind. We had, we, we spent go. so much time talking about how we were going to be really short and concise on our segments, and we're already like a segment and a half behind. But that's uh, for season three. Okay, we're but still I thought we would. Two. I thought we would try it out tonight, and we're we got yeah. a lot of work to do, Ben. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, sure. 
Anyway, so these uh, minor league, so the minor leagues, want to talk about that. Yeah, the Giants suck. (laughs) Well, so baseball prospectus, which is, I guess, the end-all and be-all of minor league uh, farm systems, came out with their top 100 this week. And I'd like to tell you who was all on there, but I don't subscribe to baseball prospectus, so I don't really know. Uh, wait, you you subscribe to baseball prospectus? I have a I have a subscription. You've been holding out I, on me. I'm useful. <laughs> and and but what I do know is because our baseball writers have told us is that the Giants have two players in the top 100 this year, down from five from last year, which isn't a big surprise because. Let's face it, last year the Miners had a total meltdown, right? Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> you remember, right? You remember? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I remember. Well, so so the only like so there were five last year. Joey Bart graduated. He was on there last year. Uh then we had Heliot Ramos and Luis Matos have fallen off the face of the earth. Uh so they are no longer in the top one hundred. Our only two remaining top one hundreds are Marco Luciano and Kyle Harrison. And interestingly enough, they are ranked back to back at number thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Also interesting is that Matthew, quick question. Yes. How many major league baseball teams are there? There's thirty? Thirty. And 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 Kyle Harrison is ranked what? Uh 39th. Oh, oh, Luciano's ranked ahead of him? Yes. At 38. Wow. At 38. There's 30 Major League Baseball teams, and the number one prospect for the Giants is ranked 38th. Just wanted to just wanted to highlight that. Continue. Okay. So interestingly, Major League Baseball also does their top 100, and they ranked Marco Luciano and Kyle Harrison higher. Luciano is ranked 16th, and Kyle Harrison is 21st. And so my that kind of make brings up a point that I want to make to counteract your little like jabs at the Giants farm system is that it's all it subjective, Ben. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Okay, Logan Webb was never a top one hundred prospect. Never made the top 100 list, okay? So we can, these little nerdy guys that sit in offices and, like, decide who the rankings are, are just like you and me, and they have no freaking clue who's actually going to be successful in the major leagues. So this is all just a crock. Like, we've got guys that could help the club coming up, and that's all we need to be worried about. God help me, I I can't believe I'm about to do this, but, you know... We, we have somebody who, who has been helping us do some research, whether we want it or not. Really? Yeah. Are we paying them? And God, no. We would never pay this person. Okay, good. Good. Um, they were reading some articles, and they were reading about how Billy Bean once upon a time hired somebody. Yes. And where did they go, Matthew? You know what I'm talking about. You received the same research information that I did. <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm vaguely remembering this now. Yeah, yes. yeah. Where, where, where did where did Billy Bean go to to find this person that oh, could hire? It was Baseball Prospectus, wasn't it? It was the job boards or the the the, the chat boards or whatever the hell they call them the the the, um, the boards the message boards uh, right yeah. the message boards on Baseball Prospectus. So that's how he found Farhan Baidi. That's right. So there you are, bad-mouthing baseball prospectus. And who's running the San Francisco Giants, Matthew? Baseball prospectus. Okay, look, I, I agree with you. It is subjective. The minor league forecasting minor leaguers is 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 a is a dark art. Or or a futile art. Yes. You're not you're not right? taking those I mean, odds to Vegas. No, no, you're not. And 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 that's because like you just never know. You just never know, right? It's it's always your best guess. And and there's all kinds of surprises, right? I think the number one prospects fail more often than not. But the other thing that I also want to point out is that, think about it this way, you rank the top 100 prospects in baseball, okay? If you took all 100 of those prospects and you put them onto Major League Baseball teams, that would be three per team, right? right. And they would have to fold in with the rest of Major League Baseball. So just because somebody's a, if you say that somebody is a top 100 prospect, as a rookie, he's probably going to be a bench player at best in terms of quality. 
Right. Right. So so just remember that like yeah. a top 100 is not that great, actually, when you fold him into the rest of Major League Baseball. But you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, Mike Piazza, right? He happened. He's a Hall of Famer. And and the only reason he had a job at all was because his godfather or whatever Tommy was or his friend or whatever was Tommy Lasorda. Right. Like things like that happen. And and you're absolutely right about Logan Webb. However, that doesn't mean that the rankings and the evaluations of the minor league players don't matter because the same analysis that people at Baseball Prospectus are doing, who, by the way, at least 20 years ago were good enough to get Major League Baseball jobs, and that's not even the people that work there. That's the people that hang out in chat. (laughs) The people that hang out in chat are good enough to work for Billy Bean. That's baseball prospectus. Same thing at Major League Baseball, right? Like they're all, but the, the people who actually then get hired from these chat rooms into the Major League uh, organizations, they're doing the same evaluations. And all of the teams, and they're actually paying baseball prospectus for their data. They do that, right? They do that. They get, they want to hear what baseball prospectus has to say about the minor leagues. That is one of the things that they take into consideration beyond their own scouts. And my point is, is that they're all doing similar evaluations of each other's rosters so that they can determine trade value, right? So it matters when our, when, when our minor leagues get ranked really lowly because it means we cannot trade for people like Juan Soto. Or, right. yeah. you know, fair, you know, so it matters. Yes, it matters. I, is what I, I guess saying. in that respect. Yes. So trade, trade uh, talent and and trying to uh, use your minor league system to improve your major league roster through trade is an area where I could see that could be a problem. Uh, but we still have, you know, Kyle Harrison, uh, who we should see this year. Uh, Marco Luciano, uh, probably maybe a September call up. He, he lost some time with his injuries last year, uh, starting off in double A. I think it'll be a surprise uh, if, unless he lights the world on fire and something happens to Brandon Crawford. I, I don't think that there's, uh, we're going to see much of Luciano. But then you got Casey Schmidt, who didn't make the top 100, but is uh, probably universally ranked as the third highest prospect in the Giants system right now, uh, who also could see uh, uh, the Major League roster this year. So there are guys that could help the team, and that's really all that matters in my book uh, as far as developing talent and bringing them up. I don't really care if they're ranked 30th, 2nd, or 102nd, as long as they come up and play well. And and the jury is out on that. I, I get it. But we're going to find out soon enough whether these guys are, are good enough. And David VR, another example, didn't make the top 100, uh, but played some pretty darn good baseball the last month of last year and, and seems like he can handle major league pitching. And so I think these are guys that are coming up through the system that could help the team. And so we kind of are really caught up on this whole like rankings and where we are according to other teams. And really all that matters is how they can help our club going forward, and I think there, I think there's some some talent there. No, I would I would agree with that. I I, I totally agree with that. And and I'm I'm going to end on a positive note here. But before I do that, I got to go negative because that's my personality. Yeah, of course. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that Matos, uh, uh, you know, Matos, uh, Ramos, um, Casey Schmidt, um, a, a lot of guys took step backs last year, mainly because of injury. Not Elliot Ramos. I think Elliot Ramos rose to the highest level that he can compete at, and it turns out he's just his ceiling is not as high as people thought it was. Mm. That's that's what it looks like to me. Maybe he'll be a late bloomer, but folks, he's getting a little too old to be an impact player that we thought he was going to be. Right. Right. And and if he if he breaks through, it's not going to be at the level that uh, that everybody hoped and thought it was going to be because that should have been last year. But that being said, I am really excited about Schmidt. I think Matos is young enough and 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 exciting enough to turn things around. I'm really excited about guys like Von Brown, um, uh, Grant uh, McRae. Is that right? Yeah. Grant. Uh, uh, I think so. You know, Casey, Casey Schmidt. I think I already said that. But I think there's a lot of guys out there that are that are very exciting. Sean Jelly is is you know he's 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 major league ready. You know he's one of our starting rotation kind of depth guys. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of players in the Giants organization that are on the fast track. 
um, or are ready to make an immediate impact. And and I think we will see some of those guys come up this year and make an impact. But that's mainly because I think we will have to because this roster as built is not good enough and is not going to stay healthy. And we're going to need some of those guys to make breakthroughs. Um, I think this year is a make or break year for all of the people in player development. Like if they don't, if we don't see some breakthrough guys who make, who make big impacts and I would include, uh, VR in that group, then I think, I think, um, they will have demonstrated what the strength of the Giants minor league organization actually is. And they're, and more specifically their ability to develop major league ready players. Okay. Well, yeah, we could sit here and argue about the minor leagues all night long. Uh, definitely, uh, I think we can both agree that they took a step back, especially their top prospects took a step back last year. Uh, but then we've still got, you know, Kyle Harrison and some, and, and even Luci- Luciano, who could be uh, impact players soon uh, and going into the future. Uh, so I think we need to wrap it up there. Uh, we're getting close to the hour. Uh, maybe time for the trivia quiz answer and if you do it let's do it yeah well if you recall the question was who was the last giants player to win the all-star game mvp atlee hammaker (laughs) atlee hammaker was not the answer Uh, uh, in fact he might be biggest all-star goat in the giants history uh, uh, goat, goat, as in the old version of goat, not the new version. Of yes, goat. right. Not sorry, greatest of all time, sorry, okay. but like you as, know. as Gen Xers, as Gen Xers, we grew up thinking goat was like the goat was the one who got blamed yes. for all the bad things. That's not true. The acronym for greatest of all time. That's right. Showing my age there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so who was the answer, Ben? The milkman. The milkman. Melky the, Cabrera. The, the foreign substance, the definitively caught, red-handed, for sure, uh, illegal substance user, Melky Cabrera. Um, not to get confused with other people who were allegedly caught, but, you know, never... never, never. Yeah, yeah, well, he, uh, he played uh, 113 games for the Giants. It was his only all-star appearance in his major league career. Uh, he batted for the Giants that year, 346. He was so amazing. He was so good. Oh my god, folks. 346 like, with a 390 on-base percentage and a 516 slugging. He it, was sublime. Remember remember the guys that would walk around the stadium wearing the milkman outfits? Yes, the milkman? Yes. Oh my god, it was so amazing. His OPS it was just like plus, it was, Ben was 157. He was the real version of my guy from last week, remember? Yeah. Uh Mr. Luke Jackson, the Tiki hut 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 hut, <laughs> hut, hut guy. Yeah. Like that was that was the milkman. The milkman, uh, uh, poster child for what steroids could do for you. That's right. I was gonna say steroids work. <laughs> uh, and the Blue Jays who, who paid him remember, next year. Don't remember the uh, 2012 season. Uh, you know, maybe you're a little younger. Maybe that's uh, beyond your remembering. Uh, yeah, he uh, he got suspended for you know, shortly after the All Star break, and uh, we never saw him again. Two facts. Two facts about that. He got a World Series ring. He did. Yes. He got a full playoff share. So the the team votes on that. The players the players voted him a full playoff share. Well, I mean, he definitely did his part for the first 113 games. Uh, and and uh, what what he played for the Blue Jays the, the, the year after? Is that right? Uh, yes, Toronto. Yes, for two years. And how much money did he make? How much money did he make? Man, how you're making me dig into that. I got under control. I got under control. He made he signed a two year contract. With the Blue Jays for $16 million. Yeah. Folks, if that doesn't tell you that steroids are worth it, nothing will. Well, then, three seasons <laughs> with the White Sox where he made uh, f- over $40 million. You know, yeah. so... Uh, and, and the reason that I, ch- I chose him today uh, is because yesterday it came out that he was announcing his retirement, even though he hasn't played since 2019. And 
uh, at, at age 34. So he's now, what, 37, uh, give or take, and uh, finally decided to call it a career. Uh, I guess had some hopes that he was going to catch on somewhere and never did. And so, uh, you know, the milkman, that's the answer yeah. to our trivia question. And for, for folks feeling grumpy about that, that probably means the fact that he's been trying to make it back to the majors for the last four years probably means he's out of money. Even though he made $72 million over his career, there's a good chance he's out of money. I'm out of money too, Ben. Yeah. Spend it all yeah. on booze. $72 million buys a lot of booze. It does. It does. Did you know they sell $4,000 whiskey at Costco? No. I missed that going to Costco. I... You could just go to Costco. It's right by the It's right by the the seafood. Mm. At least in my Costco it is. The four... Somebody's beeping. Who's beeping? You are beeping. No. No, you're beeping. I am beeping. That is my fancy timer saying that our uh, it's hour time for is us up. To go. Oh, <laughs> I can't keep talking about Costco whiskey. Yeah, you're going off. You're going off into tangents again, Ben. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's there by the Dungeness Crab, folks. All right, folks. Yeah, we we decided we tend to go a little long, and we decided to put ourselves on a timer. We no, Matthew mis- decided. To, Matthew well, decided. To put okay, it on. It, I wasn't. It was again with this wee stuff. Okay, I decided to put Ben on a timer, and. Uh, and I failed miserably. Uh, we are we, we, we're actually pretty close to the hour, though, so I'm proud. We, we did kind of pull it back together there after our extra long intro and, and cocktail rants. Uh, <laughs> what is there to talk Matthew, what is there to talk about? That's right true. Now? That's true. If, if there's any episode to go long, it was this one because really we're 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 pulling rabbits out of hats here with. If uh, you're still listening to us at this point in the season. God bless you. I mean, you know what you're in for. I mean, thank you. And I'm glad we can bring you some some sort of solace. Uh, and and I, and I, you know what? I'm not a 49ers fan either. Like, I, fine. If they're on TV, I'll watch them. But you know what? I was running errands in the second half of, of last week's game. Right? You oh, know, I'm with you, folks. Not me, man. Right? I, I'm ready for baseball season to start. Even though I know we're going to go 80 and 82. You know? That's Even right. though I know that 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 JD Davis is going to play way too much second base, <laughs> and Blake Sable is going to catch way too many games, and uh, you know I I'm ready I'm I'm excited I want it I I need it I need it. All right. Well, February sixteenth I think is when pitchers and catchers report for the Giants. So oh man, that's uh, twenty nine days away, Matthew. That's twenty nine days away. It's coming. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of the Niners, uh, you know, they are uh, playing uh, against the, the Cowboys this weekend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I have put up some 49ers themed cocktails on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you you know, if you want some red themed you know cocktails for your uh, football pleasure, there, there's some tasty ones out there for you. I'll put another up before uh, Sunday's game. And uh, but follow us on Twitter at Giant Cocktails and on Instagram as well at Giant Cocktails Mastodon. We're at Giant Cocktails with at SB. Uh, I don't know S S F B A something or other. You know the whatever. So anyway, go to Twitter. Our uh, our handle is on there so for, for Mastodon. <laughs> anyway, um, go to Twitter to find us on Mastodon. It, exactly. That's how you got to do it. Uh, and and they haven't shut us down yet uh, because of that. So I'm I'm, I'm we're dodging bullets. No, they right. re- they retracted that rule. Okay. Good. Good. I don't have to hide anymore. All right. All right. Well, hey, and then also, uh, you know, if you've been following us and listening to us, you know, please. Rate us uh, and review us on uh, on a lot of you listen to us on Apple. It'd be great if you could leave a review or rate us. Uh, it would really help us out a lot. And I'd love to to hear what you guys think. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, should Ben should Ben get drunker or should he drink less? That would be a good question. Hmm. That would be a good question. I'm going to go for. I think you're finding the right balance of drunkenness right I th- now. I think people like us right where we are. Yeah, <laughs> more which drunk. Is actually... I don't know. If that's uh, that's where we want to go. But uh, but hey, no, listeners, I... you let us know. Ben is all about the listeners. He will definitely listen to you if you want him to get yeah. more sloppy uh, bef- drunk. Before you do the whole the whole, I, I have a question about the Cowboys. Are they are they like the Dodgers of the? Are like are they like, are the Cowboys to the Dodgers? 
as the 49ers are to the Giants? A, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think the the Niners' big rival is pro- you know is probably the Seahawks. You know, over the last ten years, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. but historically there have been some classic. Cowboys 49ers clashes especially in the playoffs going way back probably well from from my perspective going well, back to the, the catch, catch right and yeah. uh, that's when I became a 49ers fan I think I was like 8 years old when that happened Dude, and that's when everybody and, became a 49ers well, but, you know, fan I was a young 8 year you were too young you were you were like you know sitting in your own diapers at that point and I was uh, celebrating the, the you know the catch and that was one of my first football memories and that's why I became a 49ers fan so I was thinking about baseball is what I was doing You were do- yes you were you were All right <laughs> Well, on that note, guys, uh, time to wrap this up. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, until next week, Ben, uh, you know, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.